Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. I hope you're doing good this week. How is your week going? Are you out there crushing it? Are you doing what we told you to do last week? I know you are. I'm your host, Matt Browning. Welcome back to the show. I am here this week, as usual, to inspire, to motivate, to teach, to do whatever you need to do. Maybe you need to get a sharp kick in the booty. And the person with me this week is just the guy to do it, actually. I'm here with uh, someone who's about to become a really dear friend of mine, uh, Anthony Trucks. Anthony is a serial entrepreneur. He is a serious superpower. This guy navigates life shifts good and bad with grace and optimism. Uh, just before we started rolling tape, we'd just been bantering for the last few minutes, getting our equipment set up and everything. And I can tell you, if you can have a good time with someone, whether things are working right, not working right, whatever it is, it's just, it's a really nice thing. And it's, it's solid about somebody's character. This guy has top shelf character. Um, you know, he helps people focus on becoming and developing who they want to be through modifications and identities, and we'll get into that. Um, the thing that really, uh, how we got introduced is he's a former gym owner. He just sold his gym a few months back. So he runs a gym, international speaker. He's a coach. He's also a former NFL athlete. So you've probably caught him at a game with the Buccaneers or the Redskins or the Steelers. He's on his third season of NBC's American Ninja Warrior. So they just finished filming for that. So you can catch that when it starts releasing, I think, June this year. He's a loving father and husband. He does it all and then some. Welcome to the show, Anthony Trucks. How are you, athlete and entrepreneur extraordinaire? I'm doing great, man. I got to have you like in my pocket so people are like, hey, who are you? I can just pull you out and have you talk. That'd be great, man. Yeah. That was phenomenal. Listen, I'm just going to follow you wherever you go. I'm going to walk <laughs> into the room. I always say, you know, I, so we get speaker intros right in our world. And I always come out and say, man, if only you could walk into any room with somebody emceeing a speaker intro in you, you know? Yeah. Have like a, burr, 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 like a little button, have it roll. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, so I started doing intro music too. So when I come out on stage, I do intro music now. I took yeah. that from WWE. I, like I want to have my own intro music, you know, that comes on. Got it. <laughs> come out, spit, spit beer in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I always dreamed of having that, although I'm much too small to be a wrestler. You, however, could probably pull that off. Um, Maybe. Let's, let's jump right in with you. You know, we, we um, I, I love having someone with, like you have all these different disciplines that you've worked on, that you've done, masses successes. What was the dream when you were a kid? Did you say, uh, I want to be an NFL guy? I want to be in the football or was it, or did you dream anything? Is something you fell into? What, what was it like as a kid? Yeah, man. As a kid, I was, first off, I was given away at three years old to foster care. So, uh, so my very beginnings of life were not very good. So honestly, my first thoughts as a kid were like, I just don't want to get beat and I want to eat dinner. Like, wow. Super simple, kind of sad. Um, but for a lot of years, man, I just, I, I always just wanted to have a little bit more solidarity. So I was eventually uh, adopted by an all white family. I was like 14 years old, 11 years in the system. And at that point, I was like, I just want to go do something that makes me feel good. And football was great because I could hit people and not get in trouble. So I <laughs> run around and do craziness. And it was never a dream to play football, but it was always like, how can I get better at this thing? And so little by little, I got better at football and I just was always the next stage. So, you know, from high school was college, got a scholarship, college, NFL, and then the thing keeps on ticking. Do you feel like, so and I've interviewed so many different people that have created massive success in different mountains in life. 
And mm-hmm. the one thing that's always interesting is how do you how do you plan growing up? And do you have kids right now? I do have three. Yeah. Right. So when you think about your three kids, and what are the ages? 14 years old. I got a freshman. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> I feel like I'm his age. And then I got two nine-year-old twins. My gosh. So congrats. That, thank you. Thank that, you. That, I, I got one and I'm, I'm so happy with one, but with three, <laughs> three kids at those ages, did you ever look at like, you grew up with the way you grew up, right? And you had the yeah. hardships and you're like, man, you had to struggle mm-hmm. and fight and kind of scratch and claw through and yeah. pass that stuff. Do you ever look at your kids differently and think, you know, I'm glad they don't have to do what I did, but at the same time as a dad, sometimes I, I worry that my yeah. son doesn't have the same struggles I did. So he might not, I don't know, push the same way or does that make sense? Yeah. How, oh, a hundred percent. How do you approach that as a dad having your story and mm-hmm. rewriting a, a completely different narrative for your kids? How do you yeah. kind of reconcile that? What are your thoughts on it? It's interesting because there's a statement of a smooth sea makes not a skilled sailor, Amen. right? So whenever you have hardship, it's uh, it teaches you how to handle it. I'd rather have the hardship as a kid than as an adult because there's more responsibility later on. You have more to lose. So with my kids, I always navigate it as how can I make their life suck today? <laughs> like it sounds <laughs> odd, <laughs> but not that I want their life to suck, but like everything for them is good. We just got, you know, we're about to take a trip to Cuba in a few days and just, you know, go travel. Like they get to do the stuff that as a kid, like I never imagined. And so the biggest thing is I try to teach them a couple of things. One, the value of a dollar. If they want something, they got to work for it. Like legit, they do man, man hours. They got to go do stuff for time to feel that. Two, I never rob them of their hardships. If there's something they're struggling with, something going on, I never step in and help unless like it's going to be detrimental to their health. But I need them to learn how to overcome. You don't have to go through crazy hardship to learn the same lessons, especially if as someone like myself has been through it. And now I teach people, like I coach and I guide people. I know how to work with the psychology of stuff enough to get them to get the lesson without having to have them go through starvations and stuff like I did, you know? Give me an example for a nine-year-old. Like what, oh, what's yeah, something perfect. that would be, I don't want to rob, because I love that. I'm going to, that's probably going to be your yeah. media quote, man. Let, I don't want to rob my children of the hardships. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for example, like my, my, my youngest son, he always has these things that like he, he wants. Right. And, and so for him, like he'll want a new video game or some more PlayStation bucks. And so the hardship in that situation is getting him to understand the value of a dollar. And so we have like a backyard and the dogs go back there and he has to clean up poop and he has to pull weeds and he has to go to the front yard, like literal stuff. And he'll get the job done and then think like, okay, it's done. Can I get that? I'm like, no, you got to find something to do to fill the next two hours of your time. And so the hardship is him having to navigate the physical strenuous aspects of this yard work, so to speak, but the mental anguish that goes with it as well. So that when I give him a dollar, one, he feels pride for earning it. And two, he comprehends how valuable it is. I think kids that come in a world where you know, they have things given to them, sometimes like I call it rich kids, when they get older, they don't have those hardships. They don't comprehend the value of money. Therefore, when they get money, they burn it because it's like, oh, it's a come and grow on trees. And now as adults, they have struggles in their relationship because there's financial issues or they have struggles in trying to get stuff that they can save up for. Like they, they don't do well with money. Therefore, their life kind of sucks. So the hardships I, I don't rob them of are the ones that naturally they need to learn as kids. So as you got older then and you know, you get your scholarship, you start going into this, you think, okay, so football is something I can do. Did you get your sets? Yeah. Did you get your sights set immediately on, okay, if I want to do football, then it's the NFL. Or was it, no. hey, I love football. Let's see. I just want to play and let's see where I can go with it. Tell, talk to me a little bit about, yeah. and that question to me is really about vision that carries people. Mm-hmm. And you seem like a guy who yeah. carries vision. So talk to me yeah. a little bit about the vision for football, how it came in, um, yeah. really what drove you to play at such a high level. 
Yeah, the, the, the thing's going to break your heart a little bit is I had no vision back then. I have great vision now, right? But as, a, as that kid at that age, it literally was, okay, I'm in high school. I'm doing this thing that I really love. I don't want it to stop. So what's the next thing I got to do to get to the next level, right? And so for me, it was like, be better at the game. My mom even told me, hey, we're, we're poor because we grew up really poor. She's like, if you don't get a scholarship, you're not going to college. Like, uh, okay. College, <laughs> like college ball. Yeah, I got to figure it out, mom. So I just, I got real good. And it was just like, I just want to keep playing the game. So I got my scholarship, got to college, and I kid you not, in college, I had no focus for the NFL until like a junior year where I started getting people saying like, hey, do you want to leave early and go to the NFL? Like, what? Like, I still got another couple of years to play. Like, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and keep doing this thing. And so what ended up happening was little by little, I started eking forward. And here's where it switched. At a certain point, just like you're talking about, I looked back and said, dang, what if I would have been thinking about this well before? What if in high school, I was thinking about I'm playing the league, how would I have set my mind what kind of ways would I have worked? What kind of conversations would I have had different? What would I have done differently? And so when I finally got done with football and I could look at it from, you know, hindsight, I was like, man, for the next stages of my life, I've got to be proactive in the way I think and perceive the world and look at opportunities nobody else sees. So much so that I have people that come back to me later because I opened a gym, ran a gym, you know, employees for many years. I've had guys now come back to me who've left for five years like, dude, I wish I would have listened to you back in the day. You seemed crazy back then. They're like, if I would have just listened to you, I would have been so much better off. And so like, that's the kind of way that my brain started thinking almost immediately after football ended. Did, did you go after a lot of success early on? Again, and I love, thanks for the honesty about like, well, I didn't really have vision then, but I uh, switch flipped and I learned how to start having it. Did you, mm -hmm. would you fancy yourself kind of more of like a loner going after like, you know what, I'm going to get ahead or I'm going to figure this thing out for me. Or did yeah. you have more of like, especially with the story, you know, early on in foster care, did you have more mm -hmm. of kind of a pack mentality? Were friends really no. important to you early on or is that something that happened later? No, I mean, I, so the friends I have now, the best friends in my life I've had since fourth grade. Wow. Like I've had them for a long time. And, and so it's, it, the odd part, it's not a pack mentality. I'm still a solo minded guy. My best friend in the world does not believe in what I do for a living. Like he, he doesn't get it. He's like, he's just, I get my, my check every day. Like this whole speaking thing. You talk to people on the internet, like podcasts, what are you talking about? Right. So, but he's my best friend in the world. And so for me, it's always been this solo go out and get it mostly because as a kid, the only person I could trust was me. Like I didn't have an environment around me where I could, I could rely upon the adults or the social workers or my class, nobody. And so I just kind of grew up with that mentality, which it serves me to an extent now because I'm a figure out kind of guy. I'll figure it out. But then it's a, a, a problem because I want to do everything, which is the entrepreneur's struggle. We can do everything. Therefore, we do everything. And therefore, we get nothing. <laughs> like so, so for me, the thing is now I step back and say, look, what am I going to master? Who am I going to hire? So I do what I do best. I hire the rest and it allows our, our business to grow and scale. When you started your gym, did you, were you already kind of entrepreneurial mindset for that? Or was that more of, well, no. I did NFL. I'm a sports guy. I work out. So maybe I should have a gym. That's the next uh, logical yeah. step content wise. Or did you, <laughs> and, and, and second question or follow up to that is, did you know that that was going to be an entrepreneurial journey that you know, with the risk and reward and, and the hustle and everything that you're doing today to get ahead and to serve yeah. people. Did you know you were getting into that or did you think it was just about, you know, working out? Oh man. So it's answer number two is no, I wish, I wish it was, I had no idea what's going on now. <laughs> going on now, right? Um, the answer to the first question back when I first started, I just didn't want to have a boss anymore. That, and I didn't know it was called an entrepreneur. I was like, okay, I've, I've always had a job, right? I had, I was in college. I was a slave to the, the team. And in the NFL, I'm a slave to the team. And then I get done. I got a job at a, a gym called 24 Hour Fitness. 
And I just had to do what they wanted me to do all the time. And I was like, dude, I, I want to do what I want to do now. Like, so I was like, so I, I had this situation where I had some money from the NFL left over. I had this idea of like, I just want to do my own thing. If I'm going to train somebody, I'm going to do it on my own. So I, I did the smartest thing you can do whenever you have no business sense. You've never even owned a gym membership. You have no business plan and you've never trained really anybody. I've played in the league. My degree is in kinesiology, by the way. So I have a brain for this. It I'm does not help. Doctor, right. But it doesn't mean you can, you can do like amazing, like just because you're great at fishing doesn't mean you can teach somebody to fish. Right. So I kind of dug in and I went and got an 8,000 square foot facility and signed a lease for like three years. Which makes <laughs> sense as a first step on it. Really <laughs> makes sense. Oh my gosh. It was so crazy. But I, for like vision, I talked about vision, right? It forced me to learn the world. It was a microcosm of the world because again, when, well, again, people don't realize that when you're in the NFL and you leave it, you're entering a work world where people are like, you know, they've got a, a head start. They've been in, the, in the, the working world for, if they didn't go to college, they've been in there for like six to eight years. If they did leave college, they're four or five years ahead of you. So now I'm like, I got to catch up. I got to figure this all out. And the gym did that. Like how to deal with crappy people that just don't care, how to deal with great people, how to keep good staff around, how to have hard conversations, how to budget, how to get out of hardship. The first nine months in, I was looking at a, a pretty much a notice that my landlord was suing me because I couldn't pay rent for three months. And I had two weeks to pay 16,000. I had like no money. And if I didn't, I was going to have to go bankrupt. And then I was going to get evicted, like all this craziness. And then I figured it out. Like the thing for me in this small, like gap of the first six years at the gym, but I learned more about the world than I think some people learn like 30 years. It's crazy. Do you think that was some of your, your strongest uh, leadership lessons early on would come from the yeah. gym or was it from another aspect? Oh no, the gym for sure. Yeah. I mean, most people think, I mean, sports, they teach you leadership, but it's in one, one area in a sense of like, uh, I see ball, me go tackle it. Right. That's, that's the lead. I'm leading my team and you do from a standpoint of communication. Right. But when you go from a stance of I'm an athlete and I hard work means to physically work hard to switch that, to say hard work means to think really hard. It's a whole different game. And a lot of athletes falter because we just know how to physically apply ourselves. We don't learn to mentally apply ourselves. And so when I got into the, the gym world, the biggest switch for me was how do I get my, my brain to be my body? Like, how do I get my brain to push and work it like I used to work my body? When I did that, everything turned over. And it, and it is like, like you were saying, it is very much um, single dimensional when you're an employee somewhere. And it, it's not mm -hmm. a bad thing because that, that works brilliantly. The whole world needs yeah. this. But whether yeah. you're an NFL employee, you know, or contractor, or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, is it employees or contractors when you're? It's an employee. It yeah. is okay. Oh, that's yeah. So at least there's that. <laughs> but you know, when you're <laughs> when you're employee, it's like, hey, your job is to is your body and to go do this work, and that's the end of it. Yeah. You're not thinking through the the marketing and their sponsorships no. and the team trades and I mean maybe a little bit, but you know, you're not you're probably not in that big big picture mentality. And no. the same thing goes for you know, having the gym, I thought about doing a gym at some point. I'm a rock climber. So I thought about doing a climbing gym. I almost started mm -hmm. one about 15 years ago. And man, yeah. what a mistake that would have been. <laughs> what a mistake yeah. it would have been. I still have a little bit of the mindset for it, but I would, I just wanted to do something around what I love. And I think that's advice yeah. people get a lot that just isn't good advice. No, just, I have a sleeping dogs theory around that one. Tell me, you tell had, me like, about that. Sleeping dogs there is this, is everybody loves dogs. Well, a lot of people like dogs, right? I love my dogs. It's a heart for a dog, love right? Dogs. Think about your ideas kind of like, your ideas, we love them. Like we love our animals. And imagine there's a small little pen and you have like, you know, six dogs in there. Every dog's a new idea. They're all sleeping though. And if you wake them up, if you sleep, they can all sleep. There's space because they're all sleeping. But when some wake up to play, there's no room to run around, right? So what happens is some dogs, they need to stay asleep because their ideas we're going to work on later. Some dogs, you have to wake up and they're going to play. But if there's going to be space, 
there's not enough space with so many sleeping dogs. And the way that I look at this is like, some dogs have to be put to sleep. They got to be taken out. They got, and it's like the same feel, at least you see that his lips curling. The sad. feeling is the same way, right? Some of the ideas we can't, they're not going to, they can't hold space in our brain. And when they do, they dampen the ability for the sleeping ideas to even have rooms to, to lay out and to really openly possibly wake up and play. And the ideas we do use and run with and play with, they have more room to run around. That's a really, really good metaphor. Um, besides the fact that it's horrendous, it still makes good sense. Like I like that. Yeah, it feels it. Uh, feel it. Yeah. Well, you, you do because you know there are there's the ideas that you go, man, this is a good idea. But the question is, am I going to do it? Does it have to be done? Yeah. I know. Like the truth is, some of my best ideas have come just randomly out of thin air. But it's out somewhere out of here. Same for you, probably. Yeah. Which yeah. there's more in there which means you don't have to do this one. I, I say it's almost like a scarcity mentality, right? Where yeah. it's like, oh, this is a great idea. So I have to start trying to do this thing. Well, that's actually mm -hmm. scarcity, not abundance, because you're thinking there might not be another good idea. And this might not yeah. be, the, it's a good idea, but not a right idea. So I appreciate yeah. you having that, like um, that take. Hey, hey, I'll write that like down too. You know, how about that? You should write that down, dude. You just hit with some of them. That's my wheels are spinning in the background. I'm gonna have that idea, and I'm gonna write a book on it. I'm gonna. Do, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of books, um, you have a cool book called Trust Your Hustle. Now, I didn't yeah. actually know you had this book when we met. Uh, I was excited mm -hmm. to talk to you about some of the other aspects of your life, but um, yeah. tell me a little bit about like who the book is for. I I think the word hustle is used a ton. Yeah. Tell me how do you use it and and like who's that really for? What's this this idea yeah. about? I love the concept. So so the first company I ran in the space of coaching is called Trust or Hustle. And it was it was pretty much based on this concept of an idea I threw out there one day. So the book, um, it, it's it's my autobiography and lessons I teach. It's pretty much through me having to go through life like a craziness tornado, right? So I've done a lot that is not even literally written in that book. Um, a lot is I, I dealt with the whole divorce and then a bunch of crazy my wife. I went through the business stuff. I mean, everything's in there. And so it really was a pretty much a snapshot of like, Hey, in life stuff falls apart. It sucks. But if you trust your hustle and continue to keep putting effort forth, it pans out. It's not a new concept. It's not like people are like, Oh, that's going to make my, my life change. Right. But it's simply, it's giving you a perspective of how my mind thought through the problems to make it pass. And coming from a guy, you know, like you, who I mean, and you're really open. I appreciate that about you, about your successes, about your failures, about the struggles. Um, and you're also a guy who like, you're still out there doing that. You were talking about, mm -hmm. you know, the mastermind you were at recently in Puerto Rico with a ton of high-end influencers and you know, like mm -hmm. just always doing it, being at it. How do you yeah. define hustle? Like, what do you call that? Man, what, hustle what is uh, hustle. You know, I, oddly, I would think that and it's weird. So I've now since transitioned the brand towards steps one level above that and work on identity, right? Because within the identity, which is, is a different conversation, there's a level of work you have to do to make what I call an identity shift, to become the person that has what you want inside before you can make it outside. And so when I look at hustle, the problem is if you stop just at hustle, there's a the separation between understanding what the, the right work is and then there's the work you're doing. And when people just hustle, they're busy to be busy. They want to show up certain places, but they, they miss out on internal peace, I think we're all looking for. For me, the most important parts of my life, my wife, my kids, my peace, my being able to sit on the couch at night and just watch TV with my kids. Like that for me is like, I hustle so that I can have peace. And sometimes people think that we're gonna, hustle is the only way to go and they hear a lot of it. So they grit and they grind and they, all this stuff. And then they end up um, realizing they climbed this ladder that was leaning against the building, got to the top of the building and they realize, oh my gosh, the ladder is leaned against the wrong building. And here I and am. So, yeah. So you've got there. So for me, hustle, the way I guess I could define it is 
working, working towards the thing you want while not forgetting why you're working. Well said. I wrote down, I think this might be the next uh, social media meme for Anthony Trucks. Become yeah. the person who has what you want. Yeah. And that was when you yeah, talked yeah. about identity. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I also, I love that the answer to the hustle question is what are you hustling for? Who are mm-hmm. you while you're hustling, working, striving, scratching, climbing, uh, joyfully doing it? Because you, yeah. you seem like the kind of guy that's going to be you know, building the wall with a smile. You're going to be uh, yeah. you know, uh, working with a smile, whatever that is. That's me. So when we talk about identity, you have something I didn't expect from you, but I think is fascinating. Mm-hmm. You put together also a quiz. Um, so yeah. Looking forward to taking this. And guys, you can find this if you want to check this out. It's amazing. It's a financial quiz about identity. So um, again, I'm assuming, Anthony, it's about getting the internal identity that is necessary for the external results. You can go to yeah. quiz.sevenfigureidentity.net. I'll have that in the show notes. So if you're listening in your car um, or you're on the radio station, make sure you check out the show, of course, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, all those great places. Uh, it's mm-hmm. called The Driven Entrepreneur, of course, with Matt Braun. And I'm here with Anthony Trucks, American Ninja Warrior, former NFL uh, I was going to say superstar. I'm used to WWE. Hey, do it. Yeah. I'll take it. Former NFL <laughs> superstar, <laughs> international speaker and coach. And one of the great things that you do is you're helping people really to reset uh, and get clear on the identity necessary internally yeah. to get the rewards mm-hmm. they want externally. That's my yeah. words, not yours. But you can go to quiz.sevenfigureidentity.net. Check mm-hmm. out the show notes of the podcast. That was the whole point of that. And seven is the number seven. Tell me about the identity, the seven figure identity quiz. And, yeah. and, and what we, like, what are we going to get when we, when we take that? It's a free quiz you have at your website, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So what happens? So in, inside of our, our world, we have a few different things. There's 10, what I call success identity anchors, which are actually embedded in the quiz. You don't know what they are until you kind of go through it. Okay. Uh, and at the back end of that, what you also have is, is what I call goal specific anchors. Now what an anchor is, it's, it's an anchor in your identity that makes you who you are. Every day we operate with a sense of, we know who we are, right? We just, we, this is a person we see ourselves to be. And what happens is our ego protects that identity with our actions. So for example, if I say I'm a phenomenal mom, that's who I identify as. What happens is my ego will protect that identity with the actions of showing up and being on time um, to wake our kids up and get them to school, to make sure a meal is there, to kiss their knees when they scrape their knee, to, to you know, be a present and amazing mom. We do with our actions, even when we don't want to. And that's kind of where it comes to play is, is we were always sort of stacked identity. So for you, like, I want to be an amazing podcast host, right? So my actions will do that. I'll spend time learning how to make this an amazing podcast, right? I'll do these actions even when I don't want to do it. And so the quiz, it kind of connects the dots of a lot of people. Money is this thing for us as an anchor. Everybody wants to make more money. And I don't think money is the answer, but money helps relieve some stress, creates opportunities. It's a facilitator. And so the problem most people say is I want to make more money, but they don't realize that they haven't yet shifted internally to put in place the right anchors to create the kind of income they want. And some people jump into entrepreneurship. And, and the problem is, is there's a lot of solving, you know, tools that solve problems, a lot of strategies and techniques and everything out there nowadays. There is no shortage of information. But what people do is they get a hold of them and they buy a book or a course, they get shelf esteem. I buy it, I put it on the shelf and I feel <laughs> great. <laughs> right? I go shelf so, help, never heard of shelf esteem. Shelf esteem, I feel amazing, right? And they don't get this thing done. And then what they do is they'll try to take a couple steps. Let's say there's 10 steps on this path. Well, by step one, it's easy. Step two is okay. By step five, they run to this wall. I call it an identity wall. And it's like, I don't do that. That's not what I'm used to doing. I don't, I don't cold call people. I don't do live stream video. I don't make websites. I don't write whatever it is. And they say that I don't do that. And so now they identify opposite of the action necessary to finish the steps towards their goal. 
And so they fall short. And that's why they can't seem to make that next step, can't make the next money, can't finish this program. And they get this thing where like, oh, they just look for a new program. I'll try that one. They bounce to the next one and they just keep the process going, sadly. So the quiz helps you uncover really where you're at, what's going on and, uh, and what shift you might need to make to be able to get to the six or seven figure identity level. So you can create uh, a seven figure identity, uh, I'm sorry, a seven figure life outside once you've created that identity internally first. Man, so if you haven't done this yet, I'm actually, I just started it. I'm not going to be taking it while we're on the air right now. I probably should, you know, this is good. So if you go to, like I said, it's quiz dot the number seven figure identity.net. And yep. this is a beautiful quiz, actually really easy. Like how good is this? Oh, yeah, so here's one of the questions. How confident are you with sharing your products and services with the world? And you have to yeah. either I'm timid and afraid at times. I share when I'm asked or I'm loud and proud. And yeah. so it sounds like, you know, you're starting to hone in on, how we show up in the world. So is this, mm -hmm. is this identity piece, would you say it relates to more character, uh, more emotion and kind of mental aspects or more mm -hmm. action and behaviors of how we actually tend to show up? Or is it some kind of a combination? It's all of a combination. Cause if you think about it, it's, so when I asked that question, how loud or proud are you? Some people, they enter the space and they work with me and like, well, I'm a, uh, I'm a woman's coach. Well, how many people know your woman's coach? Well, not many. Cause I, I don't know. So-and-so's in the space. They're really, really good at this thing. And I, I'm just getting like, and so what happens is the conversation you can hear in their voice. They don't have this confidence. Therefore, if I don't have confidence, I'm not going to stand up on the top of the, the mountaintop and say, look at me, this is what I do. I'm the best. They don't identify as that thing. And so when you don't, every bit of your effort falls short. There's actually this thing called the seven operational stages we go through. This is going to be good if you let me talk through it. Can I talk through it? Uh, we got a good minute or two. So let's rock and roll. Uh, you know, let's, so do, so let's, let's do this real quick. So guys, okay. um, we have a, a little bit of time left with Anthony. I want to ask you kind of a final question for the show. Uh, if yeah. you want more about this, we will do some mm. more work together. In fact, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do either, I'm going to keep going and we're going to do some bonus podcasting or nice. I'm making up on the spot. Don't want to put Anthony on the spot, but maybe we can do a Q and A after this too. So if you got questions for an American yeah. Ninja Warrior, for an NFL former player, for a gym owner, for someone who's out there coaching an identity and helping you transform and change things, submit your questions, use social media, mm -hmm. follow me at Matt Browning. Of course, you're probably doing that. Let me know what you think. When we drop this episode here and you're listening, we're going to put out and we'll do, uh, we'll do some kind of a Q&A question uh, session with, with Anthony. You down with that? I'm down with it, man. man. Let's do it. I, I like, I like, I love human beings, man. I love this. This is the fun part. I like more interaction live than, than not. Hey, I knew if I put you on the spot, then you would definitely come through. You seem like the kind of guy that would come through and put on the spot. Hey man. I, so the thing for me is I do what I do genuinely because I love people. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that kind of stuff. I don't want to be like, well, nope, I don't have much time. I got to go tuck away and no one's going to see me. Like I, I love humanity and I love doing stuff like that, honestly. Hey, we only have so much time here, uh, so many revolutions on the earth. So let's, let's live yeah. it fully. Anthony, final question for you. And then we'll jump in. We'll, we have so much more I do want to talk to you about uh, when we have a little more time as well. Um, yeah. Final question. If you could change anything about your past mm -hmm. and your story and what you've been through, what would you change? Or would you leave uh, everything the same? Dude everything the same. I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's hard to say that um, because I know my gut of me is like, man, but that time sucked and that time sucked. But if I did that, then I wouldn't get to the place which I am now. And so in life, I know problems happen. Everyone knows problems are going to happen. It's inevitable. But the thing that doesn't scare me, why I take big risk is because as I approach problems that I don't see in the future, I trust who I'm bringing to those problems, which is me. And the only reason I trust me is because of the crap I went through and figured out how to navigate to become who I am literally at this moment. 
So there's nothing I would change. I mean, every single minute and large bump along the way has made Anthony who he is, which gives me a great deal of strength and confidence in who I am. So I would change nothing. Solid question. Solid answer. Anthony Trucks, everyone. You can follow Anthony Trucks at anthonytrucks.com. You can go and follow him on Instagram, Facebook, and man, you got a killer Instagram too. So you're always putting up inspirational memes. You got some video content up there. No, you really do. And you're a really good looking dude. So if you want to check out Anthony, see how ripped he is, look at him with some uh, American Ninja Warrior stuff, uh, uh, leadership memes, whatever you need to inspire and motivate you throughout the day. Uh, You can follow at Anthony Trucks on Instagram and of course, Facebook. Anthony, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you. No problem. Um, I appreciate you more than you know. You, you have inspired me today. I'm very, very grateful for the time. And I'm certainly looking forward to connecting and continuing this conversation with some Q&A yeah, for, for our listeners. Cool, man. Me too. I appreciate you bringing me on. It's, it's, uh, I enjoy talking about this stuff. and I'm always happy to know it's helping people. All right. Thanks so much. Hey, make sure you follow the show if you haven't already. Uh, you can go at Matt Browning, follow me on social media, of course, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all over the place. And you can follow the show, The Driven Entrepreneur. Just go to The Driven Entrepreneur and iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever. Love you. Appreciate you. As usual, get out there and crush it. Do something awesome this week. I'll catch you in a few days.